I V M. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Triangle Offense. I'm Munish. As always, I'm joined by Nishant. On today's episode, we'll focus on the Western Conference. In the past few episodes, we've spoken about the Lakers. We've spoken about Clippers at length. Every time we get an opportunity, we bash the Clippers. But I thought today we should talk about Utah Jazz. They're sitting on top of the Western Conference yet. They widely ignored. They're not talking about. They're not talked about as much. And I think if the playoffs were to start tomorrow, the Denver Nuggets would probably be the strongest team in the Western Conference, and they would be the favorites after their trade. After they made the trade for Aaron Gordon, I think they've improved the defense so much that, for me at least, they would start off as the favorites if the playoffs were to start now. But uh, let's start off with the Utah Jazz. Uh, they sit on top of the Western Conference from a long, long time now. We are almost 75% into the regular season. 20, 20 odd games left now. They're still sitting, sitting there, sitting pretty comfortably up there. Quite a bit of distance with the second place Phoenix Suns. Uh, they have the three longest winning streaks in the NBA. Uh, they just ended their nine-game winning streak. Dallas Mavs just crushed them completely today. Uh, but uh, this team looks super strong. I mean, they have. a well rounded starting unit they have a bench to boast of jordan clarkson probably the sixth man of the year joe ingles shooting career probably record <laughs> record true yeah. shooting percentages incredible numbers this team is super strong it's, it's not a team you want to meet in the playoffs do you think they even have a weakness in them right now uh yeah they do um <laughs> I I don't know why and and I I I can't give a scientific answer. I, I don't think it is any. <laughs> but uh, the feeling that I get overwhelmingly when I see the Utah Jazz is why does it feel a whole lot like the Milwaukee Bucks from from last season or the season before? Just mm-hmm. tore through their conference and the other conference for good measure, led their conference by a mile, come to the playoffs and then they come undone. Mm-hmm. then when you think about it when you dig deeper and and maybe ask the follow up the biggest this was right the writing was always on the wall for the bucks and there were just too many questions that needed to be answered which is why they came undone mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me one yanis can't shoot jumpers mm-hmm. so he can't Yeah, so he's he's a seven footer Aryan Robin. You know what he's going to do. There's there's one trick he does it exceptionally well, uh, but but there's one trick. So you can technically overload man power against him. And unlike football, basketball mm-hmm. is a much more narrow court. You can block lanes with two players. So then that was that. They took him out of the equation. Bledsoe usually takes himself out of the equation in the playoffs, at least on the offensive end. And Middleton comes and goes. He's erratic. When when he's good, he's great, and when he's not, he's just abysmal. So we maybe could have, should have seen that coming for the Bucks. For the Jazz, if anything, they played out of their skin last time around. Mm-hmm. Probably should have won that series. I still I still believe more than Nuggets winning it. They dropped that series. It happened twice for the Nuggets. I think the Clippers lost that series. um i know the nuggets came back but there were so many opportunities for the clippers to to seal the deal so many opportunities for jazz to close out the series that it just they have no one to blame but themselves yeah so but they've been there they've played at the highest level their <clears throat> play style is such that you don't put undue pressure on one or two players to come up clutch to create something for themselves 
if you look at their lineup they don't really have a quintessential point guard a playmaker a creator a play caller someone who calls audibles on the court mm-hmm. there's a bunch of guys that do that the audibles part and the playmaking is a team thing it's it's very fluid team ball it's i can't say it's reminiscent of the san antonio spurs of old but in effect it's something similar Mm-hmm. where there's no one guy that creates opportunities it's the movement of the ball and the movement of the ball that creates um plays and creates open scoring opportunities i look at this it looks solid uh, i must say the only again barring injuries of course the only weakness that i see in this team mm-hmm. is uh, right now a lot of their form is dependent on pretty spectacular three shooting from a bunch of guys it's not just one they right. have a bunch of guys shooting above 38 40% right so the point, the problem with relying on shooting in general is of course your fortunes are made or broken by by jump shooting that's what cost yanis and the bucks so dearly but mm-hmm. but reliance on three shooting can go wrong in the playoffs there are very few teams that um that have won largely on bombarding threes and i can't think of any team that has done it consistently other than the golden state but but that's that's a whole different story that backcourt right um we've seen the houston rockets for example in the past being prolific three scorers and then it just doesn't mm-hmm. work it just doesn't work in the in the playoffs sometimes it's snuff sometimes it's just bad form and sometimes it's it's great defense also from the from the opponents teams that defend the three well tend to give these teams problems if i had to force a weakness that's the only one but um I I still think the Utah Jazz can overcome it because they have enough fluid ball movement enough cutting and slashing to the rim and all of that that they can find ways to score. So that's the only weakness I see as of now. Mm-hmm. But but they look pretty solid to me. They're pretty solid. It's interesting that you brought you brought out the Milwaukee Bucks comparison because the main difference I see in Milwaukee Bucks that they were over dependent on Giannis. It was Giannis, yeah. slightly Middleton and then the rest of them were just pieces around them, right? in the utah jazz like you said there's no one guy it's donovan mitchell it's uh, mike conley it's royce o'neal even in defense yeah. rudy gobert defensive player of the year nominate uh, nominee joe ingles of the bench jordan clarkson of the Bob bench Donovich. it's an incredible so if even if one guy is going to have a bad day the others yeah. are going to more True. than make up for it so and look at the three point shooting over the nine game stretch that they've been having uh, Donovan Mitchell is shooting 60% from 3 numbers never heard of before. Joe Ingles is shooting yeah. 44% from 3 over the season. Bogdanovic is shooting 39%. Mike Conley who's actually been their best player so far is shooting 30 uh, 39% from 3 and these are so it's like if one player doesn't make the cut or he's having a bad day the others more than make up for yeah. it. And this is why I see big difference between this year's Jazz and the previous year's Bucks because they're not dependent on one player. They have five, six, seven players even. to make more than make up for it and yeah i think they're really solid at the moment yeah i agree especially the bench too right i think last season their the jazz actually overachieved last season for me in that though i say it was theirs to lose but that was mostly mm-hmm. because they had the kind of lead they did on on the nuggets but that that they got that far and made it that tough they had a season where bogdanovic was out for a while for quite some time yep. and then he came back and he looked shaky for a bit mike yep. conley sucked almost throughout the season Right. to the point where people start i start questioning if if that's it if you're seeing the downfall of 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 mike conley who was a very good player um gobert and mitchell were good throughout i, I think can't yeah. can't really take much away from them jordan clarkson was still developing and joe ingles much like kyle kuzma 
the numbers might be different, but the struggle was the same. It was a new role. He was asked to come off the bench quite a lot because he started, remember, in the, in the beginning of the season, he started games and then he was moved to the bench. I would know this only too well because he was in my fantasy league because he was starting games <laughs> and then, you know, that happened. So, uh, he he has adjusted. I can't even call it adjustment right now. He's thriving in his role. And that's saying something because these two, uh, John Clarkson and Joe Ingles, what they're doing is akin to what Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams did last year, both in terms of impact for the team off the bench. But also these are, they could be competitors, though it would be a landslide win for John Clarkson for six man of the year. They're both that good. Uh, Joe Ingles is like, his, his true shooting is low 70s, 70%. Uh, there's only been like 10 or 11 other guys in NBA history that have played at least half a season or more and had that true shooting. And in that entire list, Joe Ingles is the only guy that has that has shot more than three three pointers in the entire season. So that's some stat. Yeah. So that's mostly seven footer shooting dunks and layups before him. So that's that's pretty outstanding. So yeah, their their bench depth is is astounding. Uh, that probably sets them apart from a lot of teams in the West where teams might be top-heavy and don't have as much bench strength. Absolutely. And that kind of gives me a perfect opportunity to move on to our next team, the Denver Nuggets. Uh, and we spoke about Den- Denver Nuggets briefly because they came back twice from 3-1 down the last yeah. season. And the main problem this season is that they started slow and they didn't have a defense at all. They were amazing on offense. Jokic playing like an MVP. Jamal Murray having his on-off days as he does throughout his yeah. career. As he's been doing throughout his career. Yeah. Michael Porter Jr. missed a bunch of games through COVID and protocols and all of that. And now he's back. But their defense was always lacking. Now, in the trade window, they went and fixed that. They got an Aaron Gordon, who's a proper stopper. He's a proper defense defense guy. And when you have a team like that, when you have a team that consists of Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic, taking up four spots out of those five, that's as strong as you can get. Does the Denver Nuggets, I mean, and I said this at the start of the show, if the playoffs were to start tomorrow, I would pick Denver Nuggets as my favorites for the Western Conference. Would you agree with that? Uh, no, I'd, I'd probably still value Utah ever so slightly higher than Denver. Mm-hmm. They've got an axe to grind from last season, so that'll be a matchup everyone would stop everything to watch. I'd, I'd give them a slight edge, and i tell you why. Denver Nuggets, uh, I think you we were talking about this before the show, and and as you pointed out, they sacrificed depth for, uh, for for basically Aaron Gordon for that firepower. Aaron Gordon, I I buy what you say. Aaron Gordon can be a great defender. I I've seen enough from him in in several games to convince me that he can be a good defender. The problem is he, that doesn't all so in Orlando, he wasn't always needed to play defense mm-hmm. that much because the, nobody played defense that much. It wasn't really a spectacular defensive unit there. Right. So, it remains to be seen. Can he do it? Yes. Will he step up and do it on defense? Maybe. Or maybe they value him as an offensive weapon to the extent that they don't want him exerting too much energy on defense. So, that remains to be seen. Gary Harris was the other way around. Gary Harris was a 3 and D guy that over time, uh, the D ability remained but the 3 shooting kind of waned. So, yep. so a bit like Avery Bradley. He was still very valuable for his defense, but but the three shooting was really on, on the decline. With Aaron Gordon, forget the three shooting. Maybe he'll give you a few here and there. But his main skill and which which elevates this Nuggets offense to, I wouldn't hesitate to put it somewhere on the level of the Brooklyn Nets, despite the names that they have. 
because mm-hmm. of how fluid this offense is um jokic's playmaking ability with all the potential permutations that they can have around him on the perimeter and then somebody as potent as aaron gordon uh cutting to the rim so that slasher ability is is heavily underrated but it will come in so handy because when you think about these two guys and both can decently well put it on the floor then you have a pick and roll and a roll and pick and a pick and roll and a fade <laughs> uh, because either guy can play either role in a pick and roll and then and then fade or slash to the rim it, it just opens up so many opportunities for them on offense and you you're seeing it they have the uh, high i think isn't this the best offensive rating we've ever seen since since they got Um, yeah, Aaron since Gordon. they got Aaron Gordon, they are the best offensive team in the whole league, and defensively they're sixth best. best. Yeah, 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 and they played some tough teams too, so you can't. Clippers, like, Sixers, and the Hawks. Yeah, like they played some garbage teams and then some really good teams. But well, there's Clippers and the Sixers in there, so yeah, correct. Pretty much, yeah. and and in form Hawks as well, so right. Uh, and and their combined, I think they aggregate like a plus sixty one plus minus. Yep. <laughs> so yep. it's, it's just ridiculous. But depth, right? When you when you question depth. i i i actually don't think depth is is the biggest problem for the nuggets mm-hmm. um depth is a problem in the sense that the players the the main players play so many minutes that they might wear out at some point maybe it's doable we've seen teams pull through on this depth is only a problem if one of them gets injured then they don't have backups and then they're screwed but that's true of pretty much every, that's why we preface every team's predictions with Yeah, assuming everyone stays healthy, so right. depth isn't their biggest problem, uh, and I think their starting five can deliver so much uh, that other teams would need maybe their starting five and their sixth man or even their seventh man to match up. Mm-hmm. And when the if the argument in the East is with an offense that good, you don't need defense, and if it's hold if it holds for Brooklyn Nets, I don't see why it shouldn't hold for the Denver Nuggets when the offense is that good. you mm-hmm. don't need defense the only reason why people don't look at them like that is not is because a it's not a storied franchise right and b because for some reason people can't wrap their head around how great jokic is yeah yeah it's he's a player never seen before i mean that yeah. those skills with those with that personality of his i think it's a skill never seen before contrastingly to the utah jazz though then then when nuggets like you said are out of depth now if say mike conley gets injured for the jazz your joe ingles replacing him right away and you does almost as good as a job but say for the denver nuggets one of these starting four or five gets injured say michael porter junior is injured it's not the same team anymore and that's where i think the nuggets have a problem because uh, in the last five games you've seen the average number of minutes all of these five are playing it's 35 34 37 38 and it's still one third of the regular season to go so is this sustainable once the playoff comes because you'll be fatigued by then and you might not really have your best performances on court because you're fatigued it's true theoretically true and and also uh, i i didn't answer why i fancied the jazz over the nuggets so i'll, I'll do both now um i trust you know my favorite two coaches in the league are nick nurse in in toronto and uh, coach malone in, in denver yep i trust he'll figure out some rotations he'll figure out also right now it's a new team they're working on chemistry they're working on offensive sets all of that good stuff but but at over time they have enough in that starting five to rest players strategically maybe for entire games or maybe for quarters depends i would trust the coach to figure out how to manage minutes better I, i'm assuming this is a 
uh, you've got a shiny new toy, you're putting it all on the floor. They're testing it out, uh, putting it through the motions. But but I think over time, they will find ways and means to um, to give players strategic breaks, maybe a quarter off, maybe a game off. I'm sure they'll figure that out. If anyone gets injured, they don't have backup true, but, but that's my point. If injuries, if once you start considering injuries, then every team's on the block. Lakers are ruined if one of the superstars gets injured. Same with the Clippers, same with I mean, look at the Warriors with one of their um, yeah. big guys out. It, it's true across the league. Um, Sixers even. One of Embiid or Simmons is out, they're out. That's it. It's over. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Embiid can play spectacularly well if Simmons is not there. It's not the same team. Same vice versa. Yeah. So, injuries are always a threat. But outside of that, um, I think they can they can get by. I'm really interested, by the way, in seeing how Michael Porter Jr. adapts to this Aaron Gordon situation. Because that was him. He was the third scorer. He was the go-to guy. He right. was the shiny new toy, the, uh, the the man for the future and all of that. And in comes Aaron Gordon. That's got to be a death blow to Michael Porter Jr.'s usage rate. And mm-hmm. and he's not a vet. Uh, and veterans struggle too. I mean, look at Joe Ingles last season. But Michael Porter is more in the Kyle Kuzma mold and he doesn't even have that much experience. So, right. he, th- there's some pretty spectacular adaptation process that's required of him. But... With his shooting prowess, I see that happening quite well. Uh, mm-hmm. Like a 3 and D and rebounds guy, except he doesn't defend very well, if if at all. So he's going to be a 3 and rebound guy, maybe, for that team. So that would be fascinating. Why I picked the Jazz over the Nuggets is is defense. It's quite it's quite simply down to that. Um, the, the Nuggets, the Jazz, sorry, have a net rating damn near close to 10 for the season. Wow. For the season. I, I don't know if it's been done before. Even if it has, I can't recall a recent team that has had something like that. Um, the Nuggets have a better offense, for sure. But what separates... Like, if I take the net delta of offense to offense, Nuggets are better, not by too much. Despite mm-hmm. the starting five being good, the depth kind of plays into Utah as a favor. But on defense, especially in the playoffs... Uh, the Jazz can create a bunch of problems. They they can deal with Gordon slashing to the rim, rim and they can cut that off. They can... Uh, because remember, last season, as good as Jokic was, it took Jamal Murray turning into and some yeah. form of like uh, Kobe Jordan, let's call it, uh, in, in the playoffs to beat the Jazz. Um, and it's going to take that kind of perimeter and guard play, which I don't know if the Nuggets have. So that's the reason I picked the Jazz over the Nuggets. Alright, so just before we close out this episode, what's your take on Jamal Murray? Is he a good player? Is he not a good player? Because after the All-Star break, he's developed back into the bubble Jamal Murray. He's scoring around 25 points, averaging 25 points, shooting around 50%. Uh, He's become the lead scorer for the team. Hmm. Where was this Jamal Murray before the break? So, I I really don't know what to make of this guy. I mean, I don't even know if he's a good player or he's not a good player. I don't know if I can trust him to be the main player in my team. Yeah, trust is another question altogether. Is he a good player? Yeah, you can't fake so many. You you can't <laughs> fake that many good players. Like you can't fluke those. You can't fake those. It's just it, There is. There is skill. You can't make those shots without skill. You can't create those opportunities. There's skill. Temperament, uh, consistency, all of these breed trust. Whether a player is reliable or not. I don't think he's very reliable right now. But I think we forget... And, and time and again, uh, I keep bringing this up. We forget how young these guys are, mm-hmm. and different players mature in a different way. There are there are early bloomers, there are late bloomers. I don't know if early bloomers is even a thing. Um, 
but but different players grow in different ways and evolve differently he's too young to for us to definitively write him off as an inconsistent guy or not so far he has been inconsistent but if you could pick what type of inconsistent you are as a player i think he's the best type because as you get closer to the playoffs and then in crunch games game 7s deciding games in the playoffs he just goes off so if i could have an inconsistent i would prefer to always have consistent players but if i could pick an inconsistent player this is the type of inconsistent i'd pick um i mean as soon as the all star games done it's like he sn- he smells the playoffs getting near and he's going off again yeah uh, maybe it's just it's temperament sometimes maybe they're trying different things in in uh, in the setup in the in the team the, also the ball used to come to him a whole lot more right now he's doing mm-hmm. a lot of stuff off the ball or he has to fight to get the ball because it goes through jokic entirely now right maybe he needs to adapt to that who knows but what we've seen what i've seen from jamal murray at least is push comes to shove he's a he's a great player and so until that's proven otherwise i'm sticking by he's a good player all right then so that was the denver nuggets and the utah jazz in today's episode uh, that's all the time we have for today and i will catch you tomorrow all right man cheers